This is the Quantum Biology Podcast, where we break down the practical health applications of this emerging science, starting with healthy light habits and going wherever the quantum superhighway takes us. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Quantum Biology Collective Podcast. My name is Jason Oak, and for those of you I haven't met, I am one of the other co-founders of the Quantum Biology Collective and Quantum Health TV, along with Merida. And uh, I'm really excited today to bring you our special guest for this episode, Taylor Davidson. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Jason. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it's great, great, to, uh, great to meet you in person and great to, to have you here. Um, Taylor is the founder of uh, Football Entangled. Um, and, uh, I think many of you have seen his Instagram feed. Um, he's got tens of thousands of followers now. And, um, Taylor is, uh, you know, professionally coaches, uh, football players, soccer players, and, and, and other athletes and how to improve their, uh, their form and their performance. And it's built in a lot of circadian and kind of quantum biology practices, uh, into that. Um, and so it's, uh, great to have you here and, and love to talk a little bit more about, about that and how that's going. Um, but would love to hear a little bit first about kind of what's your, um, you know, what's what's your story, what's your background, kind of how did you get to to where you are today? Because um, you started off as an athlete, right? Like you were a, a professional level athlete yourself, right? Yeah, I mean, my my story is, uh, I guess, one of the classic stories is just a, a kid from America that wanted to reach the heights of professional uh, soccer or football in Europe. You know, watching the best players on TV and wanting to emulate them. Uh, and be be that guy playing in the Champions League, you know, playing in the Premier League. Um, and that was kind of like the drive that pushed myself throughout high school and, and college. And uh, along the way, I en encountered like many, many injuries. Um, I'm, like most notably, uh, I fractured my foot when I was playing in Greece after high school. And I was I was like on the verge of like signing like that big like first team like men's contract um, with a big club in Greece. And the like the like day before the fracture of my foot in the warm up, like jogging. And it's just one of those like like uh I'll let the doctors say, Oh, it's just bad luck, you know, like stress fracture. And that was kind of the first things that really um was like a catalyst in my mind. I was like, How could this happen? How could I just be bad luck? Like how could it just be like a stress fracture? Like there has to be some actual reason why this happened. And uh that was kind of where I got into this mode of research and, and, and analysis into the human body, into human health, into, into obviously like bone density and, and, and the foot obviously. Um, and that was the first kind of big injury that had me kind of, uh, go back to the drawing board, so to speak, in terms of what I thought was health and what I thought was, uh, the mitochondrial function, um, Years later, I tore my ACL in college in um, college soccer playing 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 uh one college soccer for Cal State Fullerton here in California. And I tore my ACL in a spring friendly game, and that you know that one I was out for about a year and a half, and that is again another whole like whole, um, well, a trauma that causes you to go okay everything I did the last few years, turns out. Like maybe it was good, but it's not good enough. And now I have to really go again, go to the drawing board, toss it out, and acquire an, a a like whole new paradigm. And uh, yeah, so every every little step got me got me more and more and more and more understanding of quantum health and 
and the mitochondrial function and fascia and how it, uh, how the human body really, really works from a base level. Did you remember what was it? Where did you find this? What, what, where, what was your entry point? Did you stumble across like a blog post or a podcast or like reading scientific papers? How did you come into this in the first place? Probably the, I think, thinking back, the first uh, time I ever heard of like, of like mitochondria was, uh, I think it was a Ben Greenfield podcast um, talking to Dr. Jack Cruz. Uh, I was in the car on the way home from, uh, from college. And uh, I just put it on, and he was like, just like uh, I got a rant about about like protons, then uh, <laughs> and uh, electrons, and I was like, what is like what is this? Because because before that point, I just had you know it it was always okay like fats, proteins, carbs, and thinking that diet you know is the end all and be all of, of health, and that really opened my eyes to how your environment is is like, so much more important. Yeah, it's funny how so many of us came into this space through through Dr. Jack Cruz. <laughs> and the first time you listen to him, he's like dropping all these bombs of uh, of truth. Like, well, you understand maybe five percent of it. You're like, there's something here, and I'd love to figure out more of it, but I have no idea what this guy's talking about. Yeah, he. I mean, he had like decades worth of blogs on his website, and I I've been through quite a bit, and just uh, got myself to the pretty decent point of uh, knowledge, I guess. But I mean. There's always more. There's always more from from his world. So once you came across this stuff, did you start implementing it in your own kind of personal training at first? Yeah, of course. It was always, um, you know, I I am and or I was and and still am kind of like the guinea pig for all the new um, science and research and things that I'm trying on myself. To then, to um, to then eventually like on um, the things that that come through the filter as actually effective um in myself is then is then what i bring to like my clients and my athletes so what what kind of stuff did you notice when you first started doing it did you see a a, a big impact or a big change at first well the first thing that i really realized is like how could uh you know as an athlete like how could i like be like pale you know like you should be healthy like have good skin and and, and, and like be in the sun and that was kind of one of the first big um, transformations that I went through is like, you know, I was born and raised in like a beach town, uh, in, in, in California. And I never went to the beach as a kid. I was always on the field playing soccer. And then I was at home playing uh, video games. And then now this understanding of how nature works and how sunlight and light and, uh, magnetism works, this gave me the actual scientific reasoning for why I, for why I should be at the beach. And, uh, so then understanding how important it is to be out in the sun almost, you know, like, like most of the day is transform my, transform my recovery, transform my, like, just my, like, aesthetic as a man and having, having good skin and having healthy, like, uh, bones and everything in between, um, is, uh, I, I think even that, that on its own is a, is, is an amazing, is, is, is an amazing transformation. Uh, but that was, yeah, that was probably when I was like 19 or 20 when I really understood all that. Did you notice any change in in your athletic performance as well? Like, did, did was there a shift in in how you were performing on the field or in the gym? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I think it's very obvious once you get over that initial hurdle of the sun, like kind of overtaxing you to the point where you become like almost like sun driven. Because a lot of my clients, like when they're first trying to to get themselves into the sun more often the sun makes them tired 
and this is kind of like an like initial like hurdle that that you, that you, that that you must get over and and then once you're over that hurdle and you've kind of improved your ability to actually assimilate the light into the into the skin and into the into your cells then you actually become driven and you gain energy by dipping the sun so that was one of the major things i noticed uh off the field and then on the field as well how did you make the transition from kind of being a player and an athlete yourself to then wanting to coach other people and and, and bring this knowledge to everyone else Ah, well, I mean, the biggest thing is I I just see so many injuries on every team and on every league and in every country in the world. And I saw thousands and thousands of people that were in my shoes, you know, 15 years old, the ones to be the best player in the world, and is trying to do it. But uh, it's just a lot of the advice out there is, or was and is failing them. And so I wanted to kind of get get my voice out there and try to help people. Uh, and it, uh, which was about, uh, in like March, 2020. So like right when COVID started, um, I just got the, got the initiative to go online and, and build a platform. And how's the response been? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, like we have a, uh, a community of, of around 250, um, members inside, inside my tribe, um, as well as like thousands of members, um, that have paid for like one-time products that, that, that all. Uh, build towards this um, quantum health uh, understanding and the working with nature. And the, I mean, on social media itself, there's always people that, that are going to uh, be against like natural solutions and even people that will just kind of uh, attack and make fun of things that are common sense. But that's the way things are these days. And for the most part, it's been a hugely positive response because most people once they realize like how common sense this is, they're like, oh yeah, duh. You know, like I should be in the sun most of the day. <laughs> like, so yeah, I mean, walk us through like what's when you're sitting down with a, with a client, with, with a, an athlete for the first time and trying to kind of explain this, you know, induct them into this world. Like what's, what's, what does that look like? Can you kind of walk us through what you're, what, how, what are the principles that you try to lay out and how, how do you kind of mm-hmm. explain it to somebody who's, who doesn't know about this? Yeah, so in my framework, I kind of built a uh, three-pillar system, and the first pillar is the inner furnace, which is pre- which is mostly focused on the mitochondrial or on the quantum health aspect. The second pillar is the uh, internal foundation, which is which is a lot more about like your functional uh, athletic ability, and then the third portion is the game, which is really just about soccer, about, about football, and I try to put these things into those pillars so it kind of helps them to understand the framework of how we are uh, the what I call a reverse engineering some talent and so that first pillar the the inner furnace is is, is really controlling your environment and putting yourself in the best uh, spot for optimal health and vitality and uh, it is hard sometimes when I'm working with like professional athletes because uh, they're so ingrained into what they know but at the same time, those guys also have a lot of freedom because of their finances. And contrary to common uh, uh, thought, those pro athletes do have a lot of time on their hands. So they 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 really do have the ability to apply these things if they choose to. So a lot of times, it's just getting them mentally over the over the um, over the stump and like buying in. I love that language of inner furnace. Yeah. Describe the mitochondria. I think that's such a it's a genius way of putting it. I love I love the way you talk about it. It's really cool. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny you talk about kind of getting back to basics, and it's you know when you look at the backstories of so many of the elite, famous soccer players over the years, whether it's Pele or Messi, you know, so many of these guys grew up kind of poor and playing outside, and 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 they weren't necessarily you know getting the right nutrition or whatever, but they were getting natural sunlight. They were playing outdoors. They were playing barefoot because they couldn't afford cleats or boots. Right. And, and it's, it's really interesting. I've always found that fascinating that like a big part of that story, um, for so many players has been like, they grew up playing outdoors because, um, that was their only option. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, almost polar opposite to what you see in the, the Western world where you have these trainers and you have these camps and you have, uh, um, all these kind of like very like structured, like play as opposed to the unstructured free play that you see in the favelas and the barrios and the in the in the streets where they're where they're outside all day with their friends in the fresh air in the sunlight barefoot just just playing the sport they love for hours on end how do people respond when you when you lay out these principles and kind of you know explaining to somebody what a mitochondria is for the first time like <laughs> how do people respond to it like did you find people lean into it um or, or do people kind of resist it like what's what's the response to them I, I think the response is pretty good when someone um, just has an open mind. Oh, that's the main thing. Just when someone gets to the point where they're they're ready to change, then then the change itself isn't isn't too hard. It's all it, it just comes back down to the individual usually. And I think also one of the big things is when people uh, make an investment in themselves, then the change is a lot easier them to come by as opposed to how often people uh ignore or don't act on the free stuff they have around and then once they make a, a financial investment then it's really easy for them to uh make a make a real change in their life what's the practice look like today are you are you starting to do stuff in per- like you get people and actually do camps and, and and meet with people in person are you doing mostly online um like how, how do you work with with patients and and and, and athletes uh yeah so we uh well First, we have the um, Football Entangled private community, the um, the tribe, which is about 250 members right now, and it's it's on an app. And I have courses and programs all in there, and there's moderators in there um, helping people work through issues. And that's a whole little like uh, a whole little community on its own, where there's all, all a bunch of action every day. And then outside of that, I work I work one on one with like professional clients online who need like the personal attention. And actually, uh, in November, I hosted my first like in person meetup in London, and we had about twenty members from London come out, and we played uh, some football for about two hours at like the local um, cage, basically like the turf, like indoor field. And uh, yeah, that was like my first in person event. And in the future, like we're, in the future, like we're looking to hold more in-person events uh, for like something like an annual like retreat, uh, like an off-season thing, like for some of the semi-pro and and professional uh, footballers. That's really cool. Thank you. So, um, what are some of the tools that you're laying out for people? You talk to them about blue blocking glasses. You talk about yeah. You talk about cold plunges, like all all that kind of stuff. What what are you walk through some of the kind of specifics they get into with people about how to Im- optimize your inner furnace. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the first thing is is like sun gazing in the morning um, for the um, the sunrise, and of course also the sunset. Uh, and then it's like, and then it would be uh, just 
as much full body sunlight as you can throughout the day to build your uh, solar callus. Uh, then uh, I don't really push on people to do like cold plunges in the context of like having like a bath in their backyard. But I really do push people that if there's an ocean or a lake or like a river by you to go out and, and get in there. Um, and then at the same time, I do actually uh, really have people do um, these like these like these uh, 60 or 90 minute um, hot baths where it gets your body temperature up to a, like up to like 100, 102 Fahrenheit to basically recreate like a fever. And this is like a contrast that I'll do uh, after like an ocean swim. And so I'm really trying to push people's limits in terms of like, in terms of the uh, thermogenesis. Uh, and then there's even things like, I really recommend people like don't wear like synthetic um, clothing and all these um, different synthetic fibers that can affect the voltage across your skin. That obviously is going to affect the voltage in your mitochondria. Um, so that, yeah, so that was, that was quite a few things in the, in the inner furnace. Um, well, one of the other things that we that we do that we do that we do um, talk a lot about is the importance of like food, but um, looking at the work of a man named uh, John Zonderplan to who like who like who like who talks about like raw food and um, eating um, like eating like a raw primal diet, and I think this actually has an interesting like overlap in terms of like the food and the mitochondrial health, where like like are you actually absorbing the the uh, electrons from food if it's like burnt or cooked or baked versus if it's raw and fresh and has the alive bacteria and the enzymes in the food itself so that's one of the interesting crossovers that i talk about a lot it's really cool um so what what kind of um responses have you seen in in your clients so like are you seeing people make breakthroughs and kind of get to a different level of performance than they were doing before you have any success stories you can share kind of without revealing? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, like we had one really cool kid from South Korea that he had a fractured fifth metatarsal, actually the um, same bone, the, the same bone that I fractured back in, back when I was 18. He, he basically uh, recovered in half the time than the doctors said he would recover with surgery. And he recovered in half the time without surgery. And it was just from a combination of all the all the different later furnace um, principles. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so when we we had a, a a client that played or that plays in the Premier League, he was uh he was out for um, for about two years with this like really um, nagging uh, nerve issue in his glutes, and we and we kind of got him fixed up, and he got back playing, and he was uh, a starter for like half the season and earned a earned a renewal on his contract which was about to run up or run out if he if he uh did start playing so that was a a big one for us that's amazing congratulations that's really cool yeah yeah it's funny like there are clues and hints more and more that i think a lot of the top professionals are using this stuff but i feel like sometimes they don't want to quite come out and talk about it either because it's like revealing a you know a trade secret about something that's an edge um, but you know, we've heard stories, um, of everything from like, you know, uh, NBA and NFL teams that are starting to build red light panels and mm -hmm. look under the training rooms. 
uh, to, you know, professional uh, Premier League players who, who, are, who are using this stuff. I think Eric Collins has talked a little bit publicly about where yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, I, I feel like you're going to start hearing it more and more from some of these top athletes. So this is now part of their kind of protocol of how they stay on top of their game. Yeah, it's, I think, um, eventually it's going to be everywhere. It just, uh, in terms of like how it's, how it's, uh, how it's phrased or how it's, uh, shown and, and the context is controlled. Uh, because yeah, like you're saying a, a lot of like the incumbent, you know, health experts in some of these big clubs, they're not, they're not exactly open-minded to these things. Uh, even though there's like lots and lots of, uh, of science out there to, to support all, all these different, um, the protocols, it's just a matter of kind of getting into that mainstream consciousness. Um, and also there's just a bias to, uh, you know, like to sell, um, supplements and to sell different forms of, um, you know, actually the, the, the funniest thing is some of these clubs that they spend 10, 20, 30, 40 grand on these different kind of, uh, equipment and, uh, they could be getting a, a, a lot more benefits by just going out in the sun and getting grounded and wearing my blue blockers, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the things that you talk about a lot. Um, is the importance of fascia and kind of how, how the fascial connections throughout your body are, are, are you know, one of the, the main driving things behind superior athletic performance and, and condition. Um, I mean, you probably talk about fascia almost as much as Carrie B. Wellness does. Um, you know, I think you guys are the, the, the two people who, uh, who geek out on that more than anybody else. Can you talk a little bit about that and how, you know, how that became a part of your practice and kind of how that connects to all the other stuff, mitochondria and everything we've been talking about? Yeah, I think there's a there's a really interesting connection point of 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 mitochondria and fascia kind of it, it going like going going the opposite directions, but then they but but then they come back to um to connect if you really understand uh this whole well just the, the body is not just muscle. I think that I think that's one of the things that all athletes have a hard time realizing that like like your quad and your hamstring your glutes, those are muscles or those are things that, that humans have created names for just so, just so we can understand like anatomy and try to, you know, make a map of the body. But in reality, like in the brain, the brain doesn't actually, the, the brain doesn't, doesn't care or know muscles in that context individually. The brain just knows muscles as, as existing inside pockets of one big fascial system that help certain limbs do certain movements and so this kind of understanding of the body as one unit is kind of like my, my big my big uh push and for people to realize that like strength is not really just about like how how much you can lift in a certain pattern but really strength is like a result of of the whole being integrated and not just how big um the parts are and that's kind of a, a big shift away from the gym that 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 football table is about is in the gym like you really just train uh the size or how much you know how much you can lift in this very specific stance and uh range of movement whereas on the field those things never exist uh on the field the way your body operates is you is usually never the exact same because you have so many different factors that and and variables that are affecting what you're doing on the field in terms of like of opponents and the ball and tactics and positioning and just the, even just emotion. 
I think, you know, one, one of the things that you do a lot on Instagram is repost shots of, of various football players, you know, working out in the gym and, and like, you know, <laughs> yeah. that like isolated bicep curls or isolated leg lifts or whatever. And, and pointing out that that is, there's a direct line sometimes between that and the injuries that they end up getting a few months later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's one of the big things is because like people, people in life usually don't want to make a change until they realize that what they did in the past didn't work. And the pain of injury is is usually that uh, <laughs> that that event that causes people to um, to, um, to reassess. So, uh, you know, that's that's kind of that's like one of the best ways on on social media to um, to make a point is to show, okay, this guy did all this stuff, then he got injured, and the physio said it was bad luck. But but if you if you look, um, you can kind of tell that if he was isolating certain muscles in the gym. And then his body became less became less uh, integrated on the field, and his brain was used to having this certain level of integration. And when he and then when he tried to go and do these things on the field, he didn't have that integration. So then that that caused either a joint or or, or like a soft tissue injury. Well, and I mean, it goes back again to the point about you know the the kids who grew up playing in the favelas or you know in in the in the alleyways and stuff like that. You know, they are they're just inherently learning full body. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just that they're outdoors. They're also, you know, they're learning how to play with their full body and how everything kind of is integrated. And that's why they're often great in, you know, close quarters and stuff like that too. And, you know, making those, those moves that, um, that nobody else can make <laughs> because they have, have a thought in terms of like a, a series of different, you know, training exercises they've just learned in terms of their whole body, their whole lives. Yeah, that's, that's precisely what it is. I mean, there, there, there's no cone drill there. Like there's no exercise that you can teach what you learn on the streets you know the only way you like you can learn that is by actually doing it and being exposed to all the differing levels of talent and ability um on the field of competition which which then molds you and pushes you to adapt and, and overcome that's kind of the uh the the uh exponential possibilities of the game that no drill can really ever like recreate so you think maybe someday football entangled can buy a football club and you can actually have you know that's our club based around these principles? That is the that is the long term vision for for um, for me and for the business. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what I, I that's what I've always wanted, it, and that's kind of the of the drive behind everything. And really, just to put into practice on um, these principles, like you said, to, to um, actually show like can we actually build talent from scratch and develop it in a way that, that moves the needle. Um, so how do people, how do people engage with you? I mean, do you work with kind of kids Do you, or do people come to you normally when they're kind of at the college level or the teenage level, or, or do you work with adults? Like what, 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 what are the kind of entry points into your practice? Well, all my programs and courses are obviously like available for everybody. Uh, but we, uh, we primarily, I mean, like high school age players, college age players, uh, usually are in the, in the tribe and, um, in the, in my courses. And then obviously, and then I'll have older professional aged, uh, clients that, 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 that I want to work one-on-one. And, uh, I do see quite a bit actually of, um, older, older professional clients who are in their thirties that want to really increase their, increase their, uh, increase their longevity as a professional athlete. Cause I mean, every, every year that you extend your career, it is another year that, 
that like you're earning um, an income. So for them, it's pretty important. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you're seeing more and more players playing well into their 30s and, you know, um, ages that uh, a generation ago, most players were were retired and burned out and, you know, injured by the time they got to that. I mean, Maradona probably retired when he was, what, 31 or 32. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he was injuring his body in lots of different ways. <laughs> a different story. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah. He was doing him. He was doing him. Um, so what, what, is there anything that's, um, exciting you kind of more recently? Like, are there any, uh, any, uh, books you're reading or any, uh, any podcasts you're listening to or any new kind of tools or, or toys, um, that you're playing with these days that, uh, you're, uh, working to integrate into your practice in the future? Yeah. I mean, uh, over the summer, like we, we kind of like revamped, um, the internal foundation, um, training system to kind of not not move away from fascia but to but kind of to evolve what fascia means and looking at um muscle tension and like muscle trauma and using a, a form of work called um uh, somatics which 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 like which like uses the principles of uh, of of uh depeniculation to release muscle um trauma and like this for example like when any um human or any any person like yawns that is like an unconscious uh, release of muscle trauma that nature coded into us to, um, to use. And that principle of where you kind of go into uh, kind of going into the contraction and then like releasing out into the, the relaxation, that is a, uh, is a, uh, is what's called a pendiculation. And so that principle, like um, you can use that in a bunch of different forms of exercise to release certain muscle trauma across your whole body. Uh, and then there's another the form of training called um, GOTA, which looks at the spiraling nature of effortless human uh, biomechanics that we've also um, implemented into the system to not only, you know, because the way I, the way I view the body is fascia is like, like the fascia work, like the fascia training is very focused on the functionality, like the function. And then the GOTA work is very much more so f- focused on the form. And, and and how the body looks externally in uh in motion um and then actually i just spent some time in in lebanon working with a good friend named um john haddad who also does a different form of fashion work which uh was very exciting and i'm looking forward to working to, to, to working with him more to, um, to learn and in the future apply some more of that work with my clients very cool yeah mm-hmm. So if people want to kind of follow you or get in touch with you, what are, what are the best ways to do that? Well, I'd say, um, Paul Tangled on Instagram is, is, is a great place to start. Uh, we, we also have a second page on Instagram called the entangled footballer, which, which like funny enough is like getting better, uh, better reach on, on there. But, um, on YouTube as well, football Tangled, like we have, well, I have a podcast on there that. We're about nine or nine or nine or ten episodes deep, and I do like walk and talk videos on there as well. Uh, so, so like YouTube, Instagram, and then the website is footballtruth.com, and uh, on there, like you can sign up for the tribes, the courses, and you can email me to ask about 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 like anything you need. That's that's amazing. That's very cool. 
Um, what uh, what kind of guests are you having on your podcast? Is, is there, are you interviewing other football players or, or scientists or researchers or what kind of stuff are you talking about? Yeah, we've had um, we've had coaches on there. We've had some trainers. We've had uh, a few doctors, um, ex players as well, um, current players also. Uh, the podcast is about the football truth, kind of just like chasing down what what really is like the truth in the football world as far as health and performance and um, athletic excellence. Very cool. Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, that's awesome. I mean, uh, any kind of last thoughts you want to leave um, people with? Uh, you know, if, if people are aspiring athletes or uh, or weekend athletes, um, <laughs> what, uh, um, anything you want to leave people with today? Yeah, I think uh, I mean like one of the funniest things that like you that like you hear me say all the time on on Instagram is is just go outside, and uh, obviously after after the podcast I'll be going outside. Don't worry, but uh, it's just one of the funniest things because there's like you have these you know different trainers or different um, intellectuals in like sports science talk for years and years about something or something, and but like they're still not going outside, they're still not moving, they're still not playing a sport. And ultimately, like you, like if you want to learn, you got to learn by doing, and walking the walk. And oftentimes, you get the biggest, um, the biggest output of actionable knowledge by what you learn on the field in competition, because you get taught what works and what doesn't work really, really, really quick. Uh, that's that's that, that's what I, I've always like. That's what I've always like uh, prized myself on is. Um, like, no, I'm not a doctor or like a, uh, or a scientist, but I've been able to take, you know, mounds, like mountains of knowledge and, and then apply it at a very high level of performance. And, you know, 80% of that gets knocked out of the window really, really, really quick when you're playing against really good opponents. And so you get to basically fast forward on all the research and save years of, of, of like misplaced, um, misplaced time and effort and get to what actually matters really quick. And that's kind of like the most important thing in my life. Yeah, that's very well said. Well, getting outside is a good, uh, good prompt. I think you and I both need to go get outside and get some, get some nuts. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. After staring at screens for a little while, but it was really nice to talk to you. Really great to catch up. And, um, it's a, it's a, we're, we are big fans here of, of all the stuff you're doing and the community you built. And, and personally, I grew up playing soccer and football. So it's, uh, it's also great to, to hear, uh, what impact you're having on the, on the, the community and on the sport. So thank you for everything you're doing and congratulations. Wishing you more success and growth. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Jason. I'm looking forward to the, the, the rest of the year. It's, it's been a good start so far. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Thanks, Taylor. Nice to have Jason. Thank you so much. This has been the Quantum Biology Collective Podcast. To find a practitioner who practices from this point of view, visit our directory at quantumbiologycollective.org. If you are a practitioner, definitely take a look at the Applied Quantum Biology Certification, a six-week study of the science of the new human health paradigm and its practical application with your patients and clients. We also love to feature graduates of the program on this very podcast. Until next time, the QBC.